0: This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Leed. Welcome to IA Forward. Let's talk about what it's like buying homeowner's insurance today?
1: It's extremely frustrating, I'm sure, if you're a consumer because I know what it's like on the agent side. It's the marketplace. I talk a lot to agents that are beating their head against the wall and carriers restricting and I don't know if we're talking about the consumer experience. I don't know if we're talking about the hard market. Where's your brain at today, Miss Tanya?
0: Well, the brain today is that the cute boy and I are buying a new house and the one last thing we have to do before everything is set is Get insurance, right? And we've talked with two different agents here in Florida, and of course, the Florida market is nuts when it comes to homeowners insurance. And we knew that going in. But it's been fascinating to me as I've called two different agents. I've sent them all of the paperwork on the house. One of the agents was actually he's like, He's like, You've sent me way more than you know anyone has ever sent me. This is really helpful. But both of them came back with quotes. One of the quotes was extremely vague with what I was getting. And one of them was very specific. The same three carriers, because, you know, here in Florida, that's about all we have. But they both made the assumption that I wanted the cheapest, most basic, coverage possible. Now, we're not buying an extremely high-end house that's on the water, but we're buying a nice home. And my first thought when I got this was, I have a $100,000 liability limit. What's up with that? I mean, is this like a Florida thing that you can't get more than that? And I called him back and he's like, well, yeah, but that's the cheapest I can get. And I said, well, what's the difference in $100,000 and $500,000 maxing it out? And he said, well, it's $25 a year. So why would he assume that... Someone buying a decent home would want the cheapest liability limits possible. It just, it didn't make any sense to me. So let's start there.
1: I would dissect it by his response, which was, that's the least I can get, or that's the lowest I can get. That statement response in and of itself kind of tells you where the mindset is. What's interesting is just kind of that response, right? That's where I'll start. And right away, obviously, there might be a little bit gun shy because you can tell they're getting hammered. That's the least I can get. If that's your response, then you automatically are assuming that people are not going to like your price, that you're going to be too high, that they're going to complain. This is what happens in a market situation or a market like this, especially in Florida, where they're just getting beat over the head with price, price, price all the time. And it's just extremely expensive to insure things compared to the rest of the country and, and so forth. And so the agents basically just get gun shy and it's like, okay, that's what everybody wants. That's the assumption. Now, I don't like the assumption and to your point I think that's the reason you're bringing this up today is you didn't like the assumption in all fairness to the agent side some of my questions were going to be well how did you come across this agent was it a lead from the mortgage company are they just trying to help you get in the house and then they're going to come back around and risk assess the situation somehow or is this a get it sold and then come back or what I don't really know but I think think they're probably the the type of agent that's going down this path of, I just want to get your business on the books. That has been done so much in today's marketplace that we forget that there's a whole nother approach out there in the first place.
0: If a majority of your business is coming from the mortgage industry, I get it. I mean, it is all about, let's get it done. Let's get it done as quickly as possible. But neither one of these agents had a conversation with me. Neither one of them brought up, do you have any other property? Let me bundle your cars with this. Do you need an umbrella? It was, here are the quotes. Interestingly enough, the quotes were a huge dichotomy in the dollar figures they were using for the house and the outside structure for the kitchen and some things like that that made the quotes really odd as far as looking at and like I said they both quoted the same three carriers but what struck me was the fact that the coverage to use the word that mama queen would not like me saying the coverage just sucked and I did send it to one of our partner agents and said hey what am I missing here can you please take a look at this and help me with is this what this should look like and he came back with absolutely not these are the things that to be added.
1: You're kind of starting to paint a picture and not to go too much down this path or off on this tangent, but it feels like these are agents that work almost exclusively or in some way get a lot of their business from the mortgage industry, the real estate side of things. And it's not my expertise. I don't do this. But what I have seen in these cases is that it's easy for agency owners, producers that have a significant mortgage referral lead source as a part of their agencies to become sort of a slave to that process. It's really about getting the account taken care of so that the mortgage can get done, so that the real estate person, it's basically don't upset the apple cart. What they do is they go in, and in a lot of cases, they set up sort of these minimum agency standards that are below where they should be for a standard preferred independent agency. A $100,000 liability limit, for instance, to not have it at a minimum agency standard of 300000 it feels like it's somewhat of a bare bones package that was offered to you It feels like both agents were doing the same thing. And so really, if you think about it, it's about not allowing the insurance process to get in the way of you buying the home or you getting the financing done. What that tells me is, is the tail's wagging the dog. The agent is taking directive from the lead source, so to speak.
0: Talking with the two agents, I think maybe they had just never had anybody that wanted more insurance than what they were offering is what it kind of seemed like. But it made me wonder if people are really ever using their expertise or is it one of those use it or lose it type things because I'm asking questions and I have an agent saying, well, I've never heard of that. So I'm in this weird spot of, "Okay, is this not a thing in Florida and it's only a thing in Mississippi, Texas, Louisiana and Georgia and we don't have those options in Florida or is it that I need to find another agent? I don't
1: know that it's specifically not not something that's available in Florida. I'm not a Florida expert by any means, and there's probably some some things that are restricted or maybe there's some underwriting reasons why certain coverages would not automatically be part of a package or an agent wouldn't assume for it to be part of the package. I just don't know that it's that. For you to have another third-party agent who's not writing the business review it and come back and say, look for these things, that type of response tells me that these other agents that are presenting proposals to you are really just about speed and get things out The door. And if they do enough of these, then they close enough business, they're growing their business. There's plenty of those agents out there in the world. There are a lot of successful agents doing business that way out there in the world. But there's also a lot of successful non standard auto agencies out there in the world. But I'm not advocating for that. If I'm talking to agency owners, how do you want to create value for your asset that you're building? What do you want to end up with 10 years, 20 years, 30, or 40 years down the road? What do you want? this thing to look like? And what kind of value do you want to have? Do you want to maximize that value? Or really, do you just want this sales machine that is just pumping stuff down this pipeline and just sell, sell, sell? Because they're kind of two different things in a way. It's really difficult to slow down, take a deep breath, counsel customers, be a risk manager, and also shove as much stuff down that pipeline as possible.
0: Being here in Florida, Integra doesn't write a homeowners in Florida. Of course, my cars have been written there for forever and our team takes wonderful care of me. So when I did have to go kind of out on this island, I wasn't even even sure where to start. But the reason I brought this up today was how many times are we as agents making assumptions? How many times are we saying, I'm not going to offer that umbrella. I'm not going to offer that extra jewelry rider. I'm not going to offer these things because I don't want to use their time. I don't want it to be too expensive. I don't want them to say no. But what kind of assumptions are we making? Why are we making them when our commission is what pays our bills?
1: I don't know the answer to that. I feel like there's human nature side of this thing, there are some implied things that says, okay, this is a successful potential customer. This is someone who can pay their bills. We can get in trouble just making assumptions, period. Not only from our business, but in life, in so many ways, And the old adage of don't judge a book by its cover. As insurance agencies, as risk managers, we have a loss control mechanism in our own risk management that we need to do that really prohibits us from judging that book by the cover or assuming something. We can't afford to assume that a particular customer doesn't want a certain amount of coverage. We need to allow that customer to say, no, I don't want that much or no, I don't need an umbrella. And you say, thank you, sign here. Saying that you don't want this. We cannot be in the business of making coverage decisions for our clients by saying, oh, they probably don't want an umbrella, so I'm not going to offer it. Or they probably don't want more than a $100,000 liability limit on their homeowners, so I'm not going to offer it. The ENO exposure that these agents are opening up to themselves is immense. That makes me like crawl up in a fetal position to think about what the book of business looks like if all of their book of business is just written and everybody's taking it for face value. And in all those homeowners policies, in Florida, that they're selling are written at a $100,000 liability limit. Now, maybe there's some tort reform. Now, or something I don't know about that's going on that has it capped at 100. I don't know. I'm not saying there is or isn't. It isn't. Okay. But that would be the only thing that would possibly happen.
0: Years ago, I had a sales manager tell me that a person's idea of a big sale was based on what their monthly salary was. In other words, if I was making $2,500 a month when I first started out selling media, if I got a $2,500 sale, that was huge. And then if I was making $5,000 a month, a $2,500 sale seemed like a really small sale, but a $5,000 sale was big. And it made me wonder if as you make more money in the media industry in sales, your idea of what a big sale was changed. And it made me wonder if it's that same way in the insurance industry. Maybe they were newer agents. They're just trying to make the sale because they Need the
1: commission? I can give them the benefit of the doubt. I think that is a real thing. I think about different roll up agency organizations out there that have grown nationally and even globally through mergers and acquisitions. And they reach a point where they're like, well, we don't want to look at anybody that's doing less than $10 million in, in commissions annually because that's too small of a deal now that we are a billion dollars in revenue after a hundred acquisitions, we no longer can look at smaller deals. What's really interesting is that one of Warren Buffett's seeking good companies, he's got this thing out there. And number one is at least 10 million of after-tax earnings, all right? It's because they just can't work on a deal that's too small. So I know that perspective can exist and does exist. And if you are a commercial lines agent, for instance, there's a lot of agencies that have moved to... Not paying commissions to their producers if the account generates less than $10,000 a year in revenue. The $10,000 a year in commissions is probably somewhere in the seventy dollars to $80,000 in premium range. So it's not a small account by most agents, but by some agencies, it's an extremely small account and they don't even pay their producers if you write an account that small. Are you serious? I'm very serious. I'm very serious. Wow. There's plenty of large Agencies out there that just have a minimum revenue requirement before the producer can be paid. It's to encourage them to work on what would be called middle market type accounts. That's what they specialize in. It's kind of part of this thing of it takes the same amount of energy to write a $50,000 account as it does a $250,000 account. So why not spend all your energy on the 250s? Maybe that's at play here with you, but I feel like there's more evidence that says the tail is wagging the dog with the mortgage industry and the real estate industry. And this is about satisfying the referral and the lead source and that side of the fence more than it is about how much money I'm making because you're not really the customer to them. That's the way I think about this not the customer, the mortgage company is the customer, or the real estate broker is the customer in an agency that thinks that way.
0: I haven't thought about it that way. That's fascinating.
1: Sometimes I can say something fascinating.
0: Maybe it's the seasoned wisdom of turning 50.
1: That's got to be it.
0: Your mama is so proud. So proud. So let's talk about assumptions that we make as agency owners with our team members.
1: We probably make assumptions about what they're thinking. Maybe they're approach. We're not in the front line, like I'm no longer on the front lines. And so if I go sit in Jamie or Kristen or Turner's chair and I'm like, hey, I'm going to start answering the phone and taking some calls and doing some quotes, there would probably be some things come out of that. Kind of like the undercover boss kind of thing where I'm like, it's harder than I'm saying it should be. Part of the assumption that, that I make is that what I'm talking about is easier than it really is. And that I know how people should respond, but I'm not the one talking to the customer every day over and over and over again. I have, but it's really easy to find yourself a little bit too far removed. One of our core values is make it personal, which ultimately means put yourself in their shoes. And if I did that with team members, then it helps me have some empathy for what they're dealing with. And so I get this idea of this is how we should do it. But it's also really hard to get there when you're faced with, if I do this and I run that prospect off, instead of just closing the policy and closing the deal, I'm either bird in the hand. I got a policy. I've got commission coming. All I got to do is close it. Or I expand this conversation to the whole big picture account and I end up frustrating the prospect.
0: In the instance that we're going through right now, I'm thinking that it may be that they're wanting to get it done as quickly as possible to not upset that referral source where my brain like yours kind of went to the what's the E&O exposure that you're opening yourself up for and if something like that happens you're really going to upset your referral partner.
1: I don't think we think about stuff like that because it's never going to happen to me. So until it happens to you, everybody thinks it's not going to happen to you. (laughs) And it's like, okay, the biggest problem with cyber right now in the marketplace, adoption in the marketplace is nobody thinks it's going to happen to them. We see headline after headline and yet we still say it's not going to happen to us until it does. And it does happen. It does happen. And E&O is no different. Until you have an E&O claim, you don't know the pain that you're going to go through during that E&O claim. And so you sell 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 and you don't think about coverage limit necessarily. You think about what does it take to get this policy sold sometimes and maybe your producers are thinking that and you don't know they're thinking that. And I think there's just this element of it's not going to happen to me that comes into play here. And unfortunately, I have experienced an E&O claim, a cyber claim. I have not experienced knock on wood a property claim. This is as a claimant. I've experienced these things as a business owner, which is why I am the way I am and think the way I think. It's not because I always thought that way. I wish that I could... Put that perspective into people's brains better. The reason I'm talking about some of this stuff is because it's about your own risk management. It's about your own loss control side of the business. It's about making sure that when that customer comes to you in a panic three years from now, because you didn't offer them a flood policy and they had a flood and now they have a claim denied at their homeowner's policy, that you have that document that says, you know, I've offered you flood insurance for five consecutive years and you've said, no every year.
0: By the way, just so you know, neither one of the agents offered flood.
1: In Florida, the whole state's a flood zone. Hire someone to protect your tail. Somebody who's like, remember, we can't do that. And then, Shane, you do it anyway guess what? Sally is behind you going, hey, we got to clean this up and make sure we get this signed off of because Shane is rolling. That's the part that we have to be understanding of as business owners. And that's the transition from producer sales to agency ownership is knowing who you are and what your weakness is and then hiring for that weakness so that you don't end up in the lawsuit when it was easily avoidable.
0: When I first started out in sales, I really had this problem. I would go into a business. I would look around. I would make assumptions and talk with the business owner a little bit. Talk at the business owner is what I would do. And then I would go back to my office and I would create the most beautiful proposals and take them back and they would say yes. And then I would hear the commercial that I had written and that I had put all of my time and effort into producing on the competitive radio stations. And then I would hear that same ad on cable television with some visuals with it. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, this was my idea. This was my campaign. And my sales manager was like, but yeah, but you made the assumption that they couldn't afford any more than what you gave them. Well, they had budget left over. And I learned that the hard way. And it took several years for me to ask for too much and then work down from there. And I'm just wondering if we have that same challenge as insurance producers and even as agency owners, we make those assumptions that they want to go as cheap, fast, and easy as possible. And how many times do we go wrong when we're on social media and we see this client asking the question, hey, who is really good at writing car insurance? And you're sitting here going, I've been serving you with your home for 10 years or vice versa. You've written these people's car insurance in their own social media ads. Asking, you know, I need to get a new home insured. Who do I ask? And I hear our agents talk about this. And I'm just sitting here going, well, why didn't you sell it to him? Why didn't you offer it? And it's because we're too afraid to get that note.
1: We just don't ask. There's just a lot of this because we're going so fast and we're beat over the head a little bit. But we're making the assumption that that loud minority is how everybody else feels. And I recently made this terrible assumption. Last week I had a neighbor call us for insurance and of course they called me. They have no idea that I haven't directly sold a policy that we have sales executives and they think that's what I do all day is I sell and service policies and they don't know the the organizational structure. They're just good folks. I made the assumption when I sent it over to our sales executive that number one, that I was going to have to stay involved in this process. And I started in to giving the sales executive some information. And I decided to stop myself because I caught myself making assumptions. And I got some feedback a few days later. Hey, I was on the phone. I I just got off the phone with so-and-so, you know, my neighbors. And I was on the phone with them for 45 minutes. She started telling me all these things about my neighbor, who I've lived by for 20 years, that I had no idea. Their personal hobbies, the things they loved, the ages of their grandchildren. All of these things. And well, it turns out that they recently retired. So now they're retirees. You know what? They were just fine having a long conversation about their insurance because they were sick and tired of what, as you would say, the British lizard was doing for them. So our sales executive did not make an assumption, took her time, had a conversation. And as of I believe this week we are now writing everything they own and they have all the covers they need. They actually are paying more with us than they were with the British Lizard. And we are now their full time agent. I made the assumption that they were going to be too busy to sit down and talk about their insurance. And I almost messed it up. Thank goodness for Jamie. Thank goodness that she was like, no, these people just want to talk. And I think that's it. What's better, 20 minutes going really, really fast and getting one policy or 45 minutes to an hour? Getting everything they got and for policies. If you change your mind to clients over policies, you can slow down and get more bang for your buck. You
0: know, you bring up Jamie. I do want to give her a shout out because she's such an amazing agent. She is at our Atlanta, Texas office and was selected the Cass County Reader's Choice Best Insurance Agent of 2023. So shout out to her.
1: Never mind the fact that Jamie's related to everyone in. Cass County, by the way.
0: She is amazing. You know that. You she know that.
1: She <laughs> is amazing. I'm picking on her. She is amazing. But she does always have a cousin who can do something if we need help up there. And I think that's obviously kidding and joking, but it is what she does and how she does it. And that's the point. She's so good at what she does because she takes the deep breath and she slows down and she invests in the prospect. That's the part that amazes me that we don't do more of across our industry is we're afraid to invest in the prospect. We just want to sell them something like, no, invest in the prospect. Sometimes you're going to lose. I get it. You're going to spend energy and you're not going to become your client, but I think you're going to win more. More because nobody else is doing this. Nobody else is treating them the way you could treat them if you would slow down and just invest in them.
0: Here's my question to you, Shane. Do you think that any of our Florida listeners are going to reach out and try to sell me some insurance?
1: Well, we're going to find out if we have any Florida listeners. How about that? <laughs>
0: I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Michael Jordan. I play to win, whether during practice or a real game, and I will not let anything get in the way of me and my competitive enthusiasm to win.
1: Attitude to choice. Make a great one.
0: Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn
1: more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IA Forward forward.com